Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. And this week, we haven't heard a dog bark or a car go by. It's just us and them. I'm Johnny. I'm Shane. That was probably the best line in the whole movie, I have to say. Oh, I, I disagree. I think the best line is the, well, the second last line. The second last line, I think, is one of the scariest sentences ever uttered in horror film. Yeah, because you were home. The entire series of events is just summed down to because you were home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no other motivation. There's not. Yeah. It's just this happened because you just answered the door. Yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You were there to play with. That's it. Yeah. Before we get into the film, which is yeah. The Strangers, of course, people know that from the title. A uh, bit of housekeeping to do. Firstly, I have a big apology to make for something I said last week on the podcast. Oh, really? I made the big mistake of saying that the guy from Final Destination, the joke, oh, yeah. was, was in. No, <laughs> no, no. The main guy was Stan. I made the big mistake of saying he was in Cruel Intentions too. Oh, okay, I must have imagined that because he was actually in Cruel Intentions three. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I bet you didn't even know there was a Cruel Intentions tree either. That was my next comment. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly only saw clips or added for that. I I couldn't have seen three Cruel Intentions movie. I don't even like yeah. the first Cruel Intentions. I don't think I've ever seen the second one. Oh, I've seen the cover. Like that's one of those things I remember looking at, like in the DVD rental shop, being like, "They made a second one of this." This cast mm. isn't anywhere near as good looking as the the first one. I'm not going to rent this. <laughs> There's no lesbian kiss on the back of the VHS cover art, so yeah. So I didn't rent it. Fifteen <laughs> year old Shane was like, "No." Nope. <laughs> uh, another thing, actually, just regarding last week's episode, uh, a very funny thing happened to me two nights ago. Oh yeah. That was very that reminded me so much of Final Destination. I was out for a run at like nine o'clock at night. Okay. And, <laughs> why is that funny? Is nine o'clock is that a weird time to go for a run? No, it's just it's nighttime, it's winter, it's dark. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. I like going it's dangerous. for a run at night. It's good cover. I just let that hang there. Maybe it wasn't quite nine. It could have been eight. It was dark anyway. Yeah. But as I was running, uh, it's actually, so it's along my street, but it's the other end of where I live. So you've probably never actually been down there. But it's, on the way to, it. it's on the way to the park I live by anyway. Yeah. I was just running along the footpath and the footpath kind of like, there's no curb on it. It kind of just bleeds into the road. Oh yeah. And I was running along and I was very mind, I was looking down at the ground while I was running because I was very mindful of making sure I didn't go off the path. Yeah. And as I was running, like, there's just... Because it was a real calm night and then, like, a gentle breeze came and, like, the leaves just started <laughs> to blow below me and I just... I instantly got reminded of uh, Final Destination. And next thing, car car horn fucking beeps at me and I just fucking just narrowly avoid it. As it came wow. around the turn and nearly hit me, I was cut. The leaves, there was so much fucking dead leaves, I'd kind of came a bit off the footpath. Oh, off the path? Yeah, without really realizing <laughs> that. Wow. Yeah, but it was a real final destination moment. <laughs> uh, 
do you wear any high vis or anything like that when you're running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High vis and like the arm uh, reflectors. The, yeah, well, the the one I use for where I put my phone, even though I don't actually listen to anything while I'm jogging, oh, yeah. uh, that has like a it lights up, like it's just a little yeah. like red light. But oh, cool. Um, <laughs> like so, it's not like you're asking for it or anything. Like you know, that's <laughs> where I was going with that. No, no. <laughs> now you're gonna have to stay within a five k of your house. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of why I'm reduced to running so close by and at late at night anyway. Yeah. Because unfortunately for me, like unless I go to the park to run, everywhere around me the footpaths are real narrow. You can't comfortably go for they a are. run during the day because you're just going to run. You're just going to be like passing by people loads, and that's just really for pedestrians walking. It's really off-putting when like a lad's constantly running by you. Yeah, yeah. I I had a weird thing here where like I was going for runs real regularly. And then I didn't go for about three weeks. And then I just started going again. And of course, all the, all the kids went back to school because for so long, the schools were closed here. Um, and I just got used to it. And like I was going for a run at like half eight. And now, like when I go for a run at half eight, like you're ju- it's just a mess. Like I can't go for that time. I, like in the morning, I can't go at that time anymore because it's just just, just kids everywhere on their way to school. And like on all the footpaths and everything. So I'd have to go at like eight or like after nine o'clock yeah yeah now another thing i want to mention you, you are you're you're having a drink are you i am yeah, yeah. what are you drinking drinking whiskey i believe no, irish whiskey yeah. yeah so i'm just having a beer because it's what i had in it but uh, are you celebrating anything um well i was counting down to midnight okay see now you think i'm got you think i'm setting up something that i'm not yeah yeah <laughs> and you've done this before when i asked the same question so i deli- i'm deliberately doing it uh no it's it's not what you're thinking yeah but the the date we're at which is the 21st yeah uh, it is our five-year anniversary as oh. in the podcast not you and i yeah, yeah no ours is like we're 14 years together yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah so this has been up five years now wow that's yeah, crazy. And still nothing to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> and only like 70 episodes. <laughs> 86, I think. 86. Just uh, wow. terrible, but like. No, but for five years it. running, that's crazy. I didn't think yeah. For five years. Uh, if you were to ask me, I'd have said three years. I remember like Smodcast doing their five year anniversary and it was also like their 400th episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, smart. uh, yeah, if anybody wants to like wish us a, a happy birthday, you can do it by way of a Apple podcast review. Oh, that'd be a great way to do it. Or any review. Yeah, five five stars only. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get into the episode? So, yeah, yeah. Well, so let me let me put this question to you. You and your lady, uh, you're down, yeah. you're down in your family's country holiday home. We're leaving the the baby out of it, cause yeah, yeah, as you would. Because uh, you're at a wedding, so you're not going to be bringing a kid. No, no. And you come home to 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 home to the home, and at around three a.m., a young blonde woman, Heat Ledger's ex, to be specific, to get real specific about it, <laughs> uh, she shows up at your door, asking if Tamara is home. What do you do? I'm just like, sorry, you've got the wrong house. <laughs> right right so you react yeah like they did in the film 
yeah. Well, what if they also, it's also pretty clear that they unscrewed the porch light bulb. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a weird scene. Like, that's a weird thing to anybody that does that before knocking on your door. Like, maybe you wouldn't notice, you would just think it blew, but... No, no, I'd be, I'd be looking through uh, the peephole as well first. I don't think they had one, yeah. Which they didn't have on their door, yeah. Well, to get into the film for people, uh, we open with some text about crime statistics in America. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of not really relevant. I was going to I was going to look up the specific statistics they gave, but then I realized, well, it's like... They're 15-year-old stats now, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, we open on a crime scene. Yeah, it's, it's a, a really smart way of opening, actually. Yeah, and a 911 phone call from a kid. A kid who is like the most yeah. unhelpful 911 call ever. But I guess he's traumatized. <laughs> yeah. But I like that, like it opens, we know, we know the ending of the film at the opening scene. Even the even the text kind of tells us. Yeah, though you don't know exactly. Well, you don't know exactly, but you know that there's that they're dead and that there's blood everywhere. Yeah, I I had some interesting theories as the film went on, but it plays with those expectations, like that's how it's made. But we'll talk about it as we go on. And you, well, um, and you even know that you even know that the perpetrators got away with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, which uh, is just a funny thing to do. Well, not just because they're gone, but the text at the start, the the voiceover says that somewhere between 3 and 4 a.m., blah, blah. Like, he tells that, like, the the attackers were never caught. Did the narration at the start. Yeah, so you know it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, kind of a funny thing to do to start your film with, like, just telling you the end of like, yeah, straight like, up the, the, the narration. The guys win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I do like that as well in the opening scene or the opening shots. We see the slow motion sort of POV from a truck just looking at houses. And it's almost like it's the strangers looking for their target. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, actually. I forgot about that. It's funny. So I watched, I watched the film over a couple of days in bits because that's my life now. But uh, right. so I... I've forgotten that actually. That's you know, they don't draw a huge amount of attention to it because a lot of films open with shots like that, where it's just like you know, credit scene of just some scenery, yeah. but it's just done in this weird dreamlike sequence. In this, and the frame rate is a bit weird. It just, it, it, knowing what the film's about, it becomes obvious. Oh, this is actually somebody's POV from their truck picking out a target, and. It, you know, any any one of those houses you see in the opening credit sequence could have been the target for the film. Yeah. They just didn't answer their door. Yeah, going with that line, answering the door, do you think they, like, knocked on a bunch of other houses first? Possibly, but I'd say it's just, like, they, it's not so much that that night they knocked on a bunch. I'd say they just regularly knock at people's door. And yeah. sometimes people answer. And then they do their thing. Yeah, well, you're, you're in a slightly different scenario. Because you you live with housemates and they have like their friends coming out like so your door could knock any time of the day or evening and it would be someone you yeah, don't know after but, not at three in the morning <laughs> no no but the point is like you know your door would knock and someone arrive and they'd be like oh it's you know your housemate here and it'd be someone you've never seen really because generally for us here because we're a couple like if someone knocks on the door it's usually someone we're expecting or it's like a guy selling trying to sell us broadband or something you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. or lately it's like 
the postman with a package that's too big to go to the post box or something. You know, it's very rare that there's a knock at the door and it's like, and a lot of the time when there is a knock at the door and we're not expecting someone, we'd like look out a window upstairs and then just ignore it because we're like, oh, they're just selling shit or whatever, you know. Um, so there's a lot of times, I don't know, well, yeah, three or four in the morning if you've come home kind of half drunk from a wedding or something like that. But you see the reality of it, and that that's why this film plays with it. The the not answering the, in the in the real world, not answering the door is actually more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because usually when people call to a door at weird times, it's to check if somebody's home, and if nobody answers, they assume there's nobody home, and it's safe to rob the place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's usually people casing the house uh, and the film yeah. is playing with it by doing it this way. But anyway, uh, so the film, we, we we have that opening scene and then we kind of, we just get into the story where uh, a couple, James and Kristen, played by Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman, who ha- I don't think he's really done yeah. much else, but he's the husband. And, no, I've seen him in stuff. but yeah. And so they arrive at his family's summer home after a wedding and they've clearly been fighting well it's revealed through flashbacks that he had proposed to her and she turned him down though we don't get to see how gently that may have been uh, he doesn't seem to be taking it yeah. well either way so when they get back he uh rings his friend mike who i'm not sure has mike is it made clear whether mike was at the same wedding or not i assume he was i assume so so yeah, because it's like a college friend or something. So he calls him, asking him to come and pick him up in the morning because he's going to give the girlfriend, or I guess ex-girlfriend now, the car. And yeah, they're just having, there's just this weird atmosphere between them. And it's yeah. done very well, like actually feels like a real fight. Yeah. But it's it's so out of play. It feels like a Lars von Trier movie. It doesn't feel like a horror movie at all now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a very strange and it goes on for about 20 minutes the whole scene before like the doorbell rings and it's just this strange vibe it's like an entirely different movie different vibe to it and it's in one way it's really boring but it also just tells you a lot about their their relationship and those characters i think that's very much by design as well to make it as boring as possible because it's meant to be just such a mundane real life kind of event like yeah. have you have you seen Funny Games? Um, no. It's another home invasion movie. It's a really good film. It's it gets bizarre. Like it's a very meta movie, but the director deliberate the first half an hour of it is the most boring film ever. Like not in any character <laughs> says is important in any way. Yeah. There's not an interest. The shots are really boring, but the director went so out of his way to make it as boring as possible, and then the film just at the at the thirty minute mark, it just becomes insane, and it's so <laughs> effective. It's so effective, and I think they were kind of tr- trying to do the same thing here, but I think Funny Games maybe pulled it off better. But it's a weird <laughs> thing to try and pull off. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you're not really pulling your audience in, like. It's- you need to give them a reason to stick around for that half hour. Yeah, well, this was these were films made before the days of streaming, where if you bought your movie ticket or rented your DVD, you were watching it yeah. to the end. Like people didn't, people didn't like stop movies halfway through back in two thousand and eight. No, no. Did you have you ever walked out of the cinema of a movie? Not out of like anger with the film or anything. 
I walked out of the Snowden movie because I just kind of felt like I had better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really boring, and I kind of like it's like oh, this is just all the stuff I know not presented in a very interesting way. Yeah, I'm just going to go and get some food. I think it was like I I had an appointment for like get, getting my eyes tested, and I had like two hours to kill. And I was like, I'll go see, I'll go see Snowden. And then oh, yeah. maybe an hour in, I was like, actually, I'd rather go and just eat for an hour and get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And people watch. It's probably more interesting. Um, but <laughs> that's what, no, I've never, I've never walked at it. Um, for I, fell as, I fell asleep during White Noise 2. Uh, uh, that's fair. Yeah, well, that's arguably worse, falling asleep in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Like something a dad would do. That was what white white noise too is one of the biggest pieces of shit ever though. Like it's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah, it's an interesting start to the movie because it just I suppose it makes the rest of it more unsettling that it is that kind of mundaneness and the one thing I did think was yeah, it was the most realistic in a movie I've seen of that kind of thing of a fight like that. Like they weren't screaming at each other, they weren't you know, he didn't decide to then killer because she said no to him or any of that kind of shite that would happen in the movie and it was just very realistic that they still care for each other like he like uh wants her to run a bath and he uh you know they're still taking care of each other like a couple would but they're like okay but we're done you know it's, it is nicely played yeah though you'd wonder if they're done because i never really got this where and it's maybe just a trope of movies where like somebody proposes and the person says oh they're not ready for that and then the relationship's yeah. over it's like well like if they're just not ready for it can you not just like go back to just the way things were or like once <laughs> is it just like you propose to somebody and you're like oh i don't really want to get married right now i just want to like live together yeah are you like oh well i want to be married so if i can't have that i'm just leaving completely it's it's like what breaks up one in three relationships in sitcoms um <laughs> yeah in movies like it is the typical thing of like well you don't want to get married then it's like no i don't ever want to get married well then we can't be together you know and that's always happens um i guess it changes the dynamic of the relationship instantly because you go from well it definitely does because you're like i want to marry this person but they don't want to marry me right now so like we're clearly at different yeah. stages and i feel different about them than they feel about me yeah it's hard to get over that but um but as well that's where i go back to like if you haven't um if you haven't had that conversation as a couple then it's it's too soon to propose you know what i mean like the way to start that is not to just suddenly spring on someone like will you marry me it's to be like it's a conversation like i've been married for five years and we were engaged for 18 months before that and for like two or three years before that we had lots of conversations of oh yeah we'll we'll try and get married before like i'm 30 and you know things of that that we'd yeah um, and we talked about like oh we'd love to get married but we're too young and you know in a couple of years and things of that like we had ideas in our head of like where we'd see ourselves as a couple in five years like we had lots of those kind of conversations yeah I just organically like even if you've just had the conversation that like you're just too young to get married at the moment, then that's yeah. like a pretty safe bet that, well, eventually this person will want to marry me. So it's probably safe to ask. Yeah. yeah. But this guy clearly never even had that conversation. It sounds like they might not have even been living together. Was was that cleared up at all if they lived together? Yeah, I don't know. 
Like even even there's a line later on, and it's a great line where he's trying to find the shells for the dad's shotgun, and he's trying to put the shotgun together. He's like, I don't know how to do this, and she's like, but you yeah. told me your dad took you hunting all the time, and he's like, that's just something I said. Yeah, okay, well, let's get back to the film because we're going to yeah, skip yeah. loads, like we're skipping ahead loads. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think well, it's relevant to that dyna- relationship yeah. dynamic of like, have they even been together that long? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this is about the point where we've already discussed it, where the girl calls looking for Tamara. Yeah. And I guess that's like the reason they probably don't pay close enough attention to what's actually going on in this scene is the fact that they've been fighting and her mind is elsewhere yeah because as that girl walks away from the door she even says with a real casual caveat see you later yeah yeah and that's the line where like if that hat that's the line you'd want to like be picking up on like what the like a girl calling to your house at four in the morning (laughs) looking for somebody that doesn't live there and then saying see you later (laughs) But uh, anyway, James leaves at this point to uh, just go for a drive and to pick up cigarettes for uh, Liv Tyler's character. Yeah, I, I had an interesting one I want to point out here. Is he, he stands outside and finishes his drink. It's, it's just a beer he has. Oh, no, it's the, the champagne, sorry. Champagne, yeah. And, uh, and then he just throws the bottle onto the ground and, uh, and then drives off. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought is, Oh, they're going to kill him because he's a litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this is the first sort of creepy thing that happens because he lights a fire before he leaves. So he's still kind of being nice to her and shit. Like he likes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Her. Like he's making her comfortable and stuff. Yeah. But the um, house fills with smoke because the what do you call it? The, the flu uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's still on, and as uh, she she taken down or taken trying to stop the smoke alarm she ends up having to just take it off and she gets distracted by another knock on the door drops yeah. the smoke alarm and when she comes back the smoke alarm is just left somewhere it's just left on the it's, counter it's the it, yeah the girl knocks again and she doesn't open the door and she's like yeah. you've been here already and she's like oh are you sure and she's like yes and then she goes she's a bit freaked out she goes into the kitchen to get like a glass of water and when she's getting the glass of water, there's just a glimpse in the background. You see a figure in behind her. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, it's that's very hard to miss. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I wasn't sure. Just because you because it's because it's right after that, then you see the smoke alarms on the chair. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just telling it in a different way. Okay, because I was just comparing, like, going by her experience with it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, she doesn't you, see yeah. him, but yeah, no, I mean, like yeah, yeah. that that shot they linger on that for like three minutes, where she's just standing yeah. there uh, i'd also like to point out about that scene she is smoking in that scene she yeah. lights a cigarette when she comes back so two things about that one Liv tyler clearly never smoked before because you can always tell when somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody hasn't <laughs> smoked on film she looks so awkward with it. Yeah. she definitely dr- is a drinker though because did you see her knocking back that beer yeah she, she looks like a sailor from the 20s the way she drinks it. <laughs> Uh, but her father was a uh, 80s rock star, so I'd say uh, yeah, sure. she picked up a few things. She knows how to pack a beer away. But, uh, so why do you think she sent her uh, her boyfriend out for cigarettes when she already had cigarettes? To give her some space. Or was it that her last one or something? Was... Or was it so she could uh, prepare the, the crime scene? Ah, uh, yeah. I think she was in on it. That's all I'm saying. 
Oh, interesting, because I was going to... The way it's played... Hey, do you hold on there a second? Yeah, yeah. Just give me a second. I need to get rid of the dog. Oh, <laughs> Just after wandering in. Oh, okay. I don't even know how he opened the door. Like, oh. Was he very timely uh, wearing a... a scarecrow mask but that's it like you'd think i would have got spooked by that but like no reaction at all he was like in he was right beside me before i even noticed which i guess that answers let's skip to the end i clearly wouldn't survive it's funny that you say you think she's preparing the crime scene because um the way it's played for the audience but like i didn't fall for it or because i thought it was too obvious is that it's him who's met her. He he set it up, you know. Because see, I didn't. It, he he's in the suit, and then the scarecrow man is like you see him very vaguely. He's in a similar suit, but wearing a mask. So you're not sure. And then when he comes back, then after they've terrorized her a little bit, it's kind of you're not sure. I suppose it, you know it's maybe he's just another guy from the wedding. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, though later on you get a better close look at his suit and it's very different looking you know? yeah yeah I, it's funny you say that because I, I was in the stuff about Kristen being in on it as a joke oh, but yeah. I didn't actually I didn't even get that impression that he might have set something up in the film that's interesting yeah I hadn't thought about that at all did it did it, did it feel like that to you watching it that like did you think oh he's involved no I thought that's what they were trying they to make wanted. me think yeah, yeah well but even so like i didn't even get that at all so it's oh, just right. an interesting take that's funny uh, but no with the cigarettes i think he was going out anyway and she just asked him to get cigarettes so it's no big deal i was just trying to make it funny i uh, he, really he needed a few minutes by himself yeah. um but just to go back to the to the smoke alarm so okay for us the viewer yeah. we see this really creepy scene of the masked man walk into frame and he's just watching her but for her it's a real like it's such a small thing that the strangers are doing like when they start tormenting them just to take a smoke alarm that was clearly on the ground she left it she dropped it on the ground answered the door or went to the door and then came back and it was just on the counter like can you imagine like that's so creepy yeah and then she goes to get her phone and they've cut the charger cable and stuff. Um, but I, I do like that. Like, your one's knocking on the door, but they're already in the house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're, they're just tormenting them, like. They, yeah. Because they could have done, like, like if they just wanted to kill people, they could have just they could have just killed them right at the door there. Like, yeah. their goal is to torment them. But the thing with the smoke alarm, it really reminded me of the Golden State Killer. Oh, yeah. Because he used to... How aware are you of the Golden State Killer? Wasn't he recently um, convicted? Yeah, yeah. But he... um, We done a... I've done an episode on those conspiracy guys that people should check out. It's very good. Oh, yeah. But he... When he started out, he used to... Before he ever even... Because he was... Originally, he was the original Night Stalker. And he was a serial rapist, and then he sort of graduated to serial killer. But yeah. at first, he didn't do anything. He he spent like years just going into people's houses and just moving shit around. 
Uh-huh. And part of it was just sadistic pleasure to just knowing he was fucking with people. Yeah. But also it was just him practicing, like to see what he could get away with. That's creepy. But when he started, like, when he started escalating, like he used to do some weird shit. His spree lasted for years and he, like, dozens and dozens of people. And the community was, like, terrified of this man. So people were, like, sleeping with guns under their, or by their bed and shit. Oh, yeah. And there was loads of times he would still sneak into the house, get the drop on the couple, and it wouldn't be until the next day when police were clearing up the scene or whatever, they discovered the bullets under the pillow. <sighs> meaning that he got in earlier in the day, unloaded the gun, the guns people had left them back, oh. but left the bullets under the pillow for them to find later, just so as they knew even even after he done what he done and left, they'd know that they never actually stood a chance anyway because he had emptied their guns. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, great way to fuck with people. <laughs> but that's what I really got like that sort of feeling watching things in this like removing batteries from phones but leaving the phone like you know they didn't they cut her charger they didn't take her phone yeah and then later they throw it in the fire and then his phone they just take the battery out of it yeah yeah uh, (laughs) even even like there's a really creepy one later on where again they're just like messing with her where she's on the ground outside and the blonde one is just on the just on a swing looking at her mm. <laughs> like not going anywhere near her so it's it's really smart it's and a, she has the mask off at that point does she no 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 they still have the mask oh okay on. i thought she took off the mask for that for some reason is there another scene where she has the mask off can't quite remember now um not only at the very matters. end right it's, it's only when she's knocking at the door at the start does she have no mask um and when they're after they searched after he comes back and searches the house and then they're looking out the window of the garage you can see the girl in the distance and at that point you can't tell if she's wearing a mask or not right and he's like she looks like a ghost <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway yeah so what happens there is um i keep forgetting the characters names so um Kristen and james yeah Kristen or Liv tyler whatever um so she has after she finds the the smoke alarm she has a bit of a freak out and uh, grabs a knife and they start like or was it oh she opens the curtains and then that's when she first sees the scarecrow man isn't it yeah that's the the first sort of big jump scare of the film a really good well-earned jump scare but then they kind of do fall into the trap of using them too much later but yeah now just because you mentioned scarecrow man which is a good yeah thing to call him because he looks like scarecrow from batman begins yeah now the other two girls have names they're given names in the credits as Dollface and pinup girl because yeah. that one of them is a very doll like mask and the other is kind of like a betty betty boop is that her name who's that yeah yeah it's that kind of face yeah and the main guy the the scarecrow man he's just referred to as the man in the mask yeah i'm just looking Which, at it here yeah. I would have thought he should have been given a cool name like that. So because it's, a, I'm just going to call him. I think we should call him Sackface. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I like Sackface that. could be up there with like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, all the great like slasher movie villains. I think oh, we should yeah. make Sackface. Uh, um, <laughs> I like that. Hashtag Sackface. Um. 
Scarecrow Man is pretty good too. Yeah. DC might sue, but... Well, that's why I called him Scarecrow Man, because it looks like the Scarecrow's mask from uh, Batman. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, to skip ahead, so James shows back up, and there is this typical thing in her movies where he doesn't really believe her. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Calm down, like, chill out. Yeah, and I... I don't get why. No, <laughs> why I thought this it, happens in films. I thought it was very out of place, or and I thought, is it something like has she shown absolutely insane hysterical behavior before, or is he just that much of a dick? Like, like, why would you believe? Why would your instinct be that your partner, your girlfriend, your friend, or whatever, is being hysterical and is being silly, like, or overreacting to the fact that someone knocked on the door and they were on their own? You know? Yeah, I get it in horror movies when somebody thinks they've seen a ghost or some shit, but when they just think that, when they say that they've seen a masked, ma- a masked man outside, only like maybe 20 minutes after some fucking weirdo called to your house at four in the morning, it's yeah. not it's not too insane to think that there's something going on here. Yeah. But at least, at least they don't like fucking play it out for too long. Because in a lot of films, like there'd be another instance, and he'd st- he still wouldn't believe her. You know, like he pretty much straight away he realizes that oh yeah, there's something wrong. <laughs> it's it's like when he finally sees the cut in her hand from her knocking over the lamp and stuff, mm. uh, and then he searches the house. But he still searches the house in real like, see, look, there's no one here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he, and he finds it, his car ransacked and stuff, so it's fairly yeah, hard to deny something's going on at that point. Right up to the point where he went out to his car and his window was smashed and he's, like, looking through the car, I did think that there was a possibility he's in on it and that it was too obvious that he was in on it and that, like, they were trying to... And so I was like, oh, are they trying to tell me that? Or are they trying... It's like, is this movie not as smart as it thinks it is? You know what I mean? But then when he was mm. at the car, I was like, okay, no, he's definitely not it. That's not the story we're telling at all, you know? Um, but up to that moment, I thought, oh, that's where that story is going. Yeah, yeah. Now, I can't remember exactly what point it's uh, the line said, but as things are escalating and they realize they're in trouble, uh, there is the line, we need a gun. Yeah. Which I think, you know, is probably the answer to this episode like if we were to just skip ahead yeah. to surviving it like that you know how how do you survive this scenario well you probably need a gun yeah they do end up actually having one in the house but as you said earlier it turns out uh he has james has no idea how to actually use it yeah he's never shot it before and it's uh like they need to put it together he doesn't he's not sure how to load it yeah and it's a really good example of, you know, the idea, like, people have guns for home protection, but they keep the bullets one place, and... Yeah, which is the way you're supposed to safely store your weapons. It's how you're supposed to safely store it, but it's it makes it absolutely useless in a home invasion scenario. Yeah. You're not going to be running around room to room getting parts of your gun. No, I've I've heard so many stories over the years of people who... Like they follow the rules of keeping their gun and like they have a gun safe and all that kind of stuff. And they keep their shells out in the shed outside, but the gun is actually also loaded um, and it's um, under their bed. <laughs> yeah. And it's not in the gun safe. 
Now, there is well, boxes of shells out in the shed, but there's a couple of shells in the gun under the bed, just in case, you know, as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like, here, legally, you aren't allowed to have a gun for home protection anyway, so it shouldn't yeah. matter. It sh- so that shouldn't really matter. If you're in the States or countries that allow guns for self-defense, they'll have to be kept. No. Components of the gun don't have to be kept separately. Yeah. And obviously, this is an old. This is like an old holiday home that they don't use regularly. So you you probably wouldn't leave. You obviously you wouldn't leave a loaded gun in an empty house. You know, no, so no, it makes exactly. sense. It is left like that. Yeah. But if you have a lo- if you have a gun in a house like that, even if you don't, if the house is empty most of the time, it'd probably be wise to like put it together when you are there. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Or even just not have a a broken up gun in an empty a house that's empty most of the year which is the impression i get from this yeah it's like it's his dad's like he stays in and goes hunting and stuff in the nearby yeah because it, it looks like it might have been their main house back when he was a kid or something but it looks like yeah. it hasn't been redecorated or anything that's just like used family and friends use it a couple of weeks out of the year yeah there's no money put back into the house or anything so like why is there guns still there but yeah like it could be a case of like maybe his dad died a couple years ago and him and the rest of his family just never sold it and they just keep it for like that for when they're in town probably uh family fell out about it about the will or something they can't decide to sell it or not so maybe (laughs) so maybe the brother hatches a scheme with his girlfriend that they'll uh stage a fake home invasion (laughs) and off the off the boyfriend i mean maybe he knew the house they knew the house pretty well that's a really good point actually they do seem to know the house very well there's there's a moment um where uh, he decides to go out to the garage because he remembers there's an old car in the garage or whatever and he just goes out like the sliding door at the back and maybe i just glanced away at the screen or whatever for a second but i don't think he unlocked it so it's kind of implied that like that back door was just open that's how they were getting in out of the house <laughs> and him and uh the two of them just never noticed it you know what i mean uh now i could be i could be wrong what i'm saying but mm. he seemed to just walk up and slide the sliding door and go out the back yeah but also like i mean we don't see every single movement they've had for the night they were in the house so he could have came in no, no. that tour like they've been there and like oh, yeah, he's yeah. been there earlier that day setting shit up for the proposal and all this yeah, yeah which i assume that is probably when the strangers sort of marked them first they saw him maybe they knew that that house doesn't be used a lot and then saw his car in the driveway maybe the day prior yeah, they're like I don't know why I don't know what the movie gave me the impression of, but it gave me the impression that like they're quite local to the area or the state, like they they live in that state anyway. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I'd say they live like within a, a sixty mile radius, which would be considered yeah. very close for by American standards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, so all this time while this is going on, uh, Mike is still uh, part of the story. Oh, who's going to collect uh, James? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he arrives earlier than he should. Are we skipping ahead? No, this is about where we are. We've been talking about the movie long enough. I, I yeah, feel. yeah, yeah. They've got the Mike... gun. They've gotten the gun, and they're kind of holding yeah. down. And there's a really good moment where um, the strangers start slinging like mud at the windows. And this is where, like, I think 
as like I suppose a review of the movie or like film techniques and stuff, they use sound very well. Um, because the sounds of the mud hitting the windows are gunshots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like there's a lot of moments in that where they substitute small sounds or like bigger sounds and things like that. And it's it's like the sound design is really really smart in this movie. Actually. Um. Yeah, but, especially because there's it's sound design as opposed to soundtrack. Like there's very little music. Yeah, very little. Even even later on when they're doing that like creepy violin kind of music, it's very subtle and very quiet. Uh, yeah, and yeah. like it's 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 overblown by hearing um what's it sackhead or sackface? What's it called? Sackface is what I want. Sa- sackface is like breathing in the mask is louder than the creepy music. You know? so, yeah, um, but up until that point, all the music is diegetic. It's all like in. Yeah, that's a great moment where they put on a different record. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Nice. but uh, Mike shows up anyway. He very quickly realizes something's wrong. He's had no reason to like. For people who haven't seen it, like the phone call he got earlier in the film was just to come and pick James up because he didn't want yeah. to stay in the house. So Mike has no idea that anything is amiss until he shows up. Yeah, and uh, well, he sees the fucking ruined car and all. Yeah. Big problem with the film at that very moment. He probably should have called nine one one. Yeah, because I, I think have they axed the front door at that point? I don't think so. Yeah, no. Well, the front door is open. Yeah, I don't think they've taken the axe to it yet, though. No, but if you sure. show up at your friend's house and you know he wasn't in a car accident because he rang you after the wedding, and you show up and his car is completely destroyed. Yeah, and, and the, the front car door you've is... never seen smashed into it still in the driveway. Yeah, and the door is open that's your cue to call the police yeah uh but and he never really calls and he never calls out either like he does he does yeah does he oh no once he's yeah. in the house he doesn't yeah, he's kind of from outside he does yeah, well he's about to call out again as soon as he gets his head blown off yeah because he walks around the corner and james takes him out straight away assuming he's sack face or one of the other strangers yeah which, I, I I saw that coming. So like the second he walked through the front door, I was like, "Well, that's what's gonna happen." <laughs> well, I saw that coming the minute he didn't know how to load a gun. I think yeah, that was yeah, kind yeah. of the point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think the point of this film, everything you you every debt you know is coming. I think that's yeah, why yeah. they tell you at the start that these two people don't survive, yeah. even though that's kind of a lie. But no, I think as soon as you you know how hopeless these people are in this scenario very yeah. early on and then when you see that they don't know how to use the gun yeah. and then there's a car you see a character walking in by himself you're like oh <laughs> yeah this this man's gone yeah. like and um, it was i think if you were watching this movie and you don't know that that's going to happen that'd be a problem <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it'd yeah, be a bad yeah. it'd be bad filmmaking then um yeah it's very much foreshadowed like he, here's an interesting one is there's a point where, and it's teased for the right to write the rest of the movie. And I had a really interesting theory then at that point where um, the strangers basically never actually do anything to hurt any of the characters at the point. They still haven't done anything physically dangerous. I mean, they've made, they've just been doing creepy shit. They've been crashed. Okay, they crashed the car. They, you know what I mean? They haven't like straight up attacked anyone yet or killed anyone yet. And yet someone's already dead and stuff. And I was nearly expecting the movie was going to end with uh, they would just freak them out so much that they'd end up like hurting themselves more and that they'd never have to actually physically interact with them. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Like I half expected it to be what was the scene at the start, which was the kids showing up and calling the police or whatever. That it that was going to be Mike's body that they found and not the two the couple. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. You know, at that point. Yeah, I suppose it could have. Right up until they jump, they jump Mike, or not Mike, um, James, when he's out of the Yeah. But I think it's pretty clear as well, like just ramming the car into them that they mean business. Ah, yeah. Like there is a moment earlier where I, I feel when he, he, when Sackface goes at the door with the axe and James shoots through the door. Yeah. That is a moment where I feel like, look, it's not like in ways this movie's kind of realistic, but like there's no way the strangers stick around after that, right? Like, if no. you shoot, if you shoot, if you have a shotgun and there's home invaders and you shoot through a door, you're probably, you probably don't need to worry for the rest of the night, I would imagine. Yeah, Even I, though this guy doesn't know how to use a gun, like he's he's at least willing to use it. Yeah, I'd be, um, <laughs> I'd be very, very surprised if they stuck around after that. Uh, the big problem with the with the gun use in it, so they're hiding in like they're hiding in practically a closet when they shoot Mike. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's actually a closet, but it's a really small room. Or is it? It is a closet, is it? No, I think it's like the box room or the spare room. It was maybe his childhood bedroom. But they're living in. They're in this massive open planned house. Yeah. And they choose a really tiny room to hide in with a gun and then shoot the first person to come around the corner. Now, granted, they didn't know Mike was going to show up early. They yeah. had no reason to think that anybody else would be coming around that corner. But it goes against all like all advice you would hear from any anybody in the military or law enforcement. And the, yeah. the advice would be to go to have a safe room but you go to, I, what do they call it? I think it's Fatal Funnel, I think they, it's referred oh, yeah. to. It's so you, Yeah, you create only one way in and out. Um, that's where your best line of fire is. And then you have an escape route back to your safe room, as it were. Well, in this case, it'd be you, you go to like the furthest corner of the room where you can see the door. Yeah, yeah. And it gives you the the maximum amount of time to decide if you're going to shoot whoever comes through it. Yeah, yeah. But in this, they do the complete opposite of that, where yeah. they go they, they set they go to the smallest room and they stay right in the center of it, directly <laughs> adjacent to the door, yeah. and then just shoot the first person before he even steps through. He's just walking by, and they just blow his head off. Yeah. <laughs> And and so, like the problem with that is, even if that wasn't Mike, if that was Sackface, yeah, he might like they might not have even they might have missed him as well. Maybe you probably won't miss him with a shotgun, but he could have actually cleared the f- door frame before he even got to fire off a shot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah, you. But I suppose the whole point is, it's he's James is acting under like, a lot of fear and stress at that time and adrenaline, you know. It's kind of, but a lot of that comes down to if if he ha- if he hadn't lied about being able to use a gun and actually had used one before, he he would have been far better equipped to handle himself in this situation. Yeah, he might have had a bit of that hunter training and wait for his target to be fully inside before pulling the trigger. Yeah, the classic mistake of he was holding the gun with his finger on the trigger the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But also, did, did you notice who that was? 
who Mike was. Yeah, it's your man from Always Sunny, isn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, Glenn How- Howerton. I can't remember his name. Glenn something. Uh, yeah, Howerton. You're right, Glenn Howerton. Always good to see him pop up and stuff. This would have been early Always Sunny stages. It's really funny, but I always forget that he's a real actor. You know what I mean? Because the way like Always Sunny is done, it it seemed like they're they're all very good actors, but the way they're the like they're the writers, directors, producers, and actors themselves on Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. I always think of it more like I always think of them as writers who just didn't bother hiring any actors. Kind of, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. And it's the way Always Sunny is kind of shot and made. It's just. I always forget that like they're all real actors who are in real movies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny as well because it's actually it's the opposite as well, where they're actors who couldn't get jobs, so they were yeah, exactly. one themselves. Yeah, uh, and he's actually like, well, they're all they all are quite good actors in it, but he's arguably yeah. the best actually the ac- actual actor. Yeah, yeah. Like even in Always Sunny, like when when Dennis is revealed. Those moments where he's revealed to be an absolute psychopath, yeah. he's he's scarier than most actual villains. Yeah, and he's fucking great in season one of Fargo. Oh yeah, he plays the gay. Well, he's not gay. He's because he's well, he's cheating with the wife or something. Anyway, he he plays the like flamboyant gym instructor. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that was him. That's really funny. He's fucking great. But yeah, so he he bites it pretty quick. Uh, poor guy, who's just there to help a friend gets his head blown off yeah uh and like i mean i think we can kind of we're at the end now there's not much more to say the the people don't make it they no like like that's um but that's what i was saying there like a little bit of me had hope because i thought it would be more interesting you know it's more of a i suppose it's more of a twilight zone twist is that they end up like not attacking them because there's that moment where she has the standoff in the kitchen with um what's it called up um dollface is it uh, yeah dollface because she's hiding in like the pantry and then um dollface like smashes the door of the pantry and, and she's clearly doing it just to mess at her like she's like breaking the slats on it and then steps away and then uh she co- comes out of the um comes out of the pantry Kristen does and then dollface like goes over and grabs the knife and just plays with the knife and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, she's, they're actually just trying to scare the shit out of them. I don't think they're actually, like, that's where I still thought they're not going to kill them or anything like that. that. The bloody scene has already happened because, and that was Mike and all that, you know what I mean? That um, it'll end up looking like they're essentially setting them up and that they've now killed their friend and it'll look like they've, they've done that murder, you know, this kind of thing. Or it'll look like, James killed him because maybe Mike was the reason she didn't want to uh, marry him and all, you know, did she have something going on with Mike? And I, mean, I thought that's where it was going to go. And yeah. then, and then they drag James in <laughs> having like beaten him and been torturing him outside. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. No, they're going to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad they didn't go that route with it anyway. Cause that'd be so convoluted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's starting to sound like a, a saw movie. But that's where I thought it was kind of going. It's yeah. like, you're, you're torturing yourselves, you know, or you're going to kill yourselves by us just torturing you. Because um, up to that point, like, every injury um, Kristen had gotten was self-inflicted. Like, she cut herself with a knife. She fell in the garden and, like, twisted her ankle or sprained her or broke her ankle or whatever, you know. Like, they hadn't touched her yet, you know. So I just thought that 
it, it was interesting that that's where that was going. Though maybe one of them did dig, dig that trench she fell into. Well, yeah, that's possible. Though, <laughs> 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 like, what is the is there a reason that what what reason would a trench like that be be dug? Is it a flood thing? Yeah, it's probably just a flood trench, I imagine. Um, and she doesn't know the property, so she wouldn't know that was there, especially like. Um, I think that's one thing. It's probably not permanent anyway. Like you could even your man, if he hadn't been there in a year, he might not even know it was there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think the movie probably didn't do that well. Is all the outside nighttime scenes are way too well lit. Yeah, that it doesn't give you the idea of how dark it would be because they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Okay, the street lights up ahead, for, up, further up the lane, but it, they should have made it seem, seem way more pitch black there than it was. Um, and I get it for yeah, maybe yeah. the audience have to see what's going on and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but also just kind of in the same regard, you're never quite sure how far they are away from neighbors. Like we know they have neighbors, but are they? I I I couldn't really tell. Well, are, are is the next house a minute down the road, or is it ten yeah. minutes away? Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, and but that line, like you were saying at the start, which is like, there's not even I don't hear a dog barking or even a car going by in the distance. Um, like he seems really surprised by that. Yeah, and that is weird because you, you, you do think when then that like, oh well, did they like kill everybody in the neighborhood? Like, what's this <laughs> leading to? Do, is do the neighbors know about the strangers and they like let them kill visitors or something yeah does everybody just hunker down and answer their door because yeah they or bring not their dogs in and, uh, you know it's, uh, <laughs> is it like oh it's purge night it's it's uh you know whatever it's a full moon so the strangers are at everybody stay at home and be, keep quiet <laughs> don't answer your door yeah well, do you want to get into like what the, like what you could do to survive this, or how to prevent yeah, home yeah. invasions? So, I mean, how, how do you want to approach this? Yeah, I think that's the way to go. It's, um, yeah, they just do they do a lot of stuff wrong. Um, the gun thing's a big one. Like any sort of yeah. training or knowledge of a gun would probably uh, have benefited them. Would certainly have benefited them. Obviously, depending on where you are, that's not really an option anyway. But yeah. I know you see my my thing with with sort of like with James character not knowing how to use a gun it's weird to me that or not weird to me but I I feel like whether you're pro gun or you don't like guns or whatever I feel like if you live in a country where guns are readily available you should at least know how to use one yeah even if you don't plan on purchasing one yourself kind of like like I don't have a driver's license yeah but I know how to drive because driving is a every an aspect of life that like maybe you just might need to like maybe you'd be out and mean you were out camping or something and you fucking fall and break your legs or something and i just have to like drive to yeah. into town you know or something you know, that's a bad scenario but you know what i mean it's just like no but that's likely yeah every, you should like any everyday sort of skill there's a few times since we um it's a few a few times we found ourselves like that. We're like, say, I've driven us somewhere like that. Say when we went camping with those conspiracy guys and things like that. And then, yeah, like if something happened to me, you, you're stuck in the middle of nowhere with a car and you can't <laughs> yeah, drive, yeah. you know. So it's a good thing you exactly. can drive, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'd probably get, I'd probably get 
stopped by a cop pretty quickly because they would just know it's not somebody used to driving on the road maybe but you still get from a to b without like killing anybody yeah and if you do get stopped by a cop then that's a good thing because you're like oh no my friend (laughs) just who i've been looking for my friend's bleeding out in the car (laughs) what what is the what what do you think do you think they charge you like me liz and charge me with driving without a license if you're like trying to get somebody to hospital like yeah i don't know i assume that's a judge would just completely dismiss that yeah, I'd say they. Pro- it's probably one of those things they'd have to charge you, and then it'd be up to a judge. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just curious now. But I just feel like that, like, if you live in a country where, like, guns are... I, I, I guess I wouldn't say readily available. It's not like you walk into every house and there's a gun somewhere. Yeah. But it just makes sense to know how to use one Yeah. if it's just an everyday aspect of life. Yeah, what, what I think is very unlikely is that if you grew up with a dad who was a hunter that you never went hunting that's a fair point yeah definitely like not being able to load it yeah and you know your dad keeps his gun somewhere in that bookcase and his bullets are somewhere in his bedroom in a shoebox then if you know that much you shouldn't learn how to use the gun you know what i mean yeah yeah um which is which is what james knows like so somebody in james's position and with the limited knowledge he should he has he should learn have more you know yeah absolutely but and it's funny too because it is kind of the reverse of another specifically a horror movie trope where everybody knows how to use a gun which i don't believe either yeah you know like in scream all the characters are meant to be like 17 but every one of them knows how to use a gun now we did say that when we done the scream episode that they come from like they're in northern california somewhere they're yeah all they all live in massive farmhouses so clearly they all go hunting yeah but that in fact mean... oh wait that's a, that's even brought up in scream actually oh is it <laughs> yeah well i think you even pointed that out when they're talking about when they're all interviewed by the police oh yeah one of the characters said did they ask you about ask you if you go hunting Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's when they start interviewing all the boys in school. Yeah. yeah. So Scream actually does explain it, but uh, yeah. so that was a bad example on my part. But you know what I mean? In a lot of films, people just suddenly, they just pick up a gun and they can use it straight away. Yeah, and they're suddenly a marksman. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, though, having fired guns, it's not that complicated really though all we did was point and shoot them we didn't set them up we didn't load them you know we we did yeah clay yeah. pigeon shooting but that's the um, that's the issue with him because he can sh- he can shoot he can shoot fine he can shoot fine he shot a man in the head like that's not the yeah yeah because it is a shotgun a close range of shotgun like you're there's no way you're going to like shoot somebody and not kill them <laughs> you know no, shocking, that, that, yeah. that, that's the easy part but like like realistically with a shotgun like even if you hit someone in the arm or the leg like they're gonna bleed to death very quickly because you definitely hit an artery like you know what I mean? it's, uh... but i think if you shoot if you shoot somebody in the arm with a shotgun that means you were aiming like three inches away from them like with the yeah. spread you know yeah like, exactly. yeah unless unless like someone's hit with a few stray pellets like yeah um, yeah if otherwise that arm is like now um, mince meat and <laughs> they're bleeding to death very quickly shooting with a shotgun is more it's almost like instinctive shooting it's like archery you know you don't 
Yeah. Well, now I've seen all that, and now I'm trying to think, wait, it was an actual shotgun that he had in it? I can't even remember. But It was, yeah. Right. <laughs> I just don't want to get comments. But the funny thing is, realistically, I guess, like, it, if you were worried about a home invasion, I guess this is the film's different because it's a country home that they're not in every day of the year. But for all intents and purposes, it is just like a normal home. Yeah. The prevention is probably more important than defense, I guess. Yeah, it's you don't a, want to be in the situation where you have to shoot a home invader. Like, no, you don't. Um, to be very precise, Johnny, according to the trivia, it's a Mosberg five hundred Bantam shotgun. It's very good. I knew I read that earlier. So. Just so we don't get any letters. <laughs> so if you do want to write to us, that's cool too. I I would think more so like if you're in the country you're more at risk because it's a big it's a big thing here it happens here they say um houses in the country you're absolutely more at risk in the country because so- uh, you're further away from police and things like that and um, so more reason for you to know how to use a gun and stuff like that uh, if you're staying in the country in a country house uh very few burglaries or home invasions happen in cities yeah Suburb suburbs you get a bit but uh yeah, it's a tiny amount in the cities. And it is just burglaries during the day when people are at work. That's what tends yeah. to happen in the cities. Uh, home invasions where, like, that lead to violent crimes of some sort tends to be a, a country problem. But a big thing, like, in the suburbs, I live in a massive housing estate um, and in the suburbs. <laughs> and it's... Um, there's always like this Facebook residence or Facebook groups and things like that. And say at least once a month, there's a report of someone's car being stolen or broken into and stuff like that. Like that happens all the time. Right? Um, and Or people's houses are broken into and all they take are the car keys and steal the car. You know, that kind of stuff happens. Uh, like at night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's scary to think that. Uh, and I, I know it happened to my parents' neighbor a few years ago. They had like they'd bought like two brand new cars and they had them like a week or something and they were asleep and guys came in the front door and uh took the car keys and um, like literally by the time they got downstairs the cars were gone like you know the guys were so fast at like that seems to be the most common thing here that does not they're not looking to actually face anybody you know yeah God, well the uh, the average uh the the average break-in uh, across the board lasts less than 10 minutes so it yeah. usually is people just looking for something but also uh, the majority of burglaries if we're just talking burglaries rather than home invasion they're kind of the same thing but when i think home invasion i think of the strangers yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're more likely low-income families are more likely to be uh robbed to to, to be burglared burglared <laughs> uh well to be the victims of a burglary than uh, high income. Really? Yeah. Well, less because you're got probably less security. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Probably, probably uh, keep more likely to keep cash, keep expect not to have a safe, things like that. Well, like yeah. you're far far more likely that uh, if you're low income. Yeah, you're gonna have your granny's gonna have a pile of cash under the mattress. Yeah, no, it's also the places you live, you know. Yeah, but like. But like that, violent crimes, violent uh, like home invasions tend to be uh, more upper class areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you remember the time? I think we were recording an episode in... No, it was... No, no, it was way before that, but we told the story. We did tell the story on a podcast. Yeah, we told the story before of we were in my old house and people broke into the house next door. The neighbor got broken into, like, while we were there, you were at the back garden having a cigarette, I started to and I was like, oh, there's a guy on the garage roof next door. And then we were trying to see him, and then we went upstairs and we could see, like, a lookout outside, and within, like, but then my neighbor was home, and... It was kind of one of those weird things, like we we didn't care. Yeah, it was kind of a weird, it was a weird scenario. Of like we, we were care, like, well, but it was also we kind of convinced ourselves it wasn't re- like that. That's not what was happening, or something. You know, that kind you're of like, miss you 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 left out a key detail to the story. There, <laughs> we had just been sitting at a table drinking whiskey for like two hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that was. And cool. I went out for a cigarette while we were drinking. And then we kind of like, thought, oh, is that, was that somebody? We thought we saw somebody climbing over a gate and then we went up to your landing and we could see them on a garage roof or something. And I think we, we didn't brush it off like, oh, we were just imagining things. We were just like, uh, he probably lives there and just, he got locked out. Yeah, yeah. We you just know? started reasoning that he <laughs> we, was we just... in the place. Yeah, and, um, yeah. But it was a real, but then I was like talking to my neighbor about it, like whatever the next day or whatever. And it was the dodgiest scenario ever so he was telling me he'd sold a car because he's one of those guys he had like five cars in his driveway and he was always flipping oh, yeah. cars and stuff and he uh he sold a car and it was like he had whatever like five grand cash and he was like oh yeah it was in my garage in a bag under a pile of rubble and they found it and i was like what <laughs> so they knew it was there like but it was like why did you have it in a bag under a pile of rubble and why do you just have a pile of rubble in your carriage well he's like, obviously dodgy as fuck like yeah exactly um, but they didn't they didn't find it there they knew it was there yeah so like all i could think was is that the person he sold the car to just came back for their money you know what i mean definitely and not like did he fucking hide it there in front of him in front of the person who's selling the car to maybe Oh god, I'm glad we didn't call the cops now. He deserved to get robbed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. But another detail you left out of that story is that we went back drinking and then like maybe like three hours later <laughs> a guard called to the door. Yeah, like came around and had a look. And, and I had basically <laughs> spent the time drinking and while we were drinking, I cleaned the kitchen and it was like suspiciously spotless when she arrived. Well, it was also a spotless bar, like bottle of whiskey on the table, and then my rolling tobacco, which always just looks like somebody was smoking weed when you see rolling tobacco left out. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's just two lads by themselves in a kitchen and it's beside a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. But and she was just like, and and why didn't you call anyone? We were like, oh, kind of just didn't think to. And she she just looked at us like we were idiots. Because she was really young as well, and she's like, well, I don't understand why you just wouldn't call anybody. And we're like, listen, we've been drinking all day. (laughs) 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 It was one of those things in hindsight, I was like, why didn't we do anything about that? (laughs) Really, really stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I I think it was just kind of just didn't care. Yeah, there was a bit of that as well. I think you actually probably said to me at one point, should we call the guards? And I was like, nah, he's an arsehole anyway, or <laughs> something like that neighbor. <laughs> right. It was probably that kind of reasoning. Like, uh, anyway, I haven't lived in that house for 10 years. But, uh, yeah, that was that was about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but to your point about uh, the person 
who robbed from him or stole from him was probably the guy he sold the car to. Yeah. Uh, apparently, eighty-five percent of <laughs> robberies, of home robberies, are by people that know the victim. Ugh, that's heartbreaking. Now, w- when I hear that stat, like I think a lot of the time when you read stats and they say the the they were known to the victim, that could mean that like yeah, yeah. they went to the same hairdresser or barbers and chatted a bit, you know? Like, that doesn't mean that they were fucking pals, like... Yeah, yeah, or drinking boys or... It could just mean a lot of the time when it comes up for other assaults and stuff, it's like they went to the same university, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like, you know, (laughs) a best man, your best man at your wedding broke into your house and robbed all your shit I don't oh, think yeah. that's happening like oh, sure. I was sure I, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago and it was his parents house got broken into and like that his dad was a hunter or something and they all they took was the guns and they eventually he it turned out like it was like a lad he'd gone to school with like 10 years earlier um, was in like a load of debt with drug dealers and he remembered being in that house as like a teenager and knew where the guns were and it was just like it was just something like that. and like literally he hadn't been in the house in ten years, kind of thing. Like had been in the house yeah. when he was fifteen, and then when he was twenty five and in debt, like he was like, "Oh, they've guns, I'll get those." And then the the guys I owe money will will, will be cool to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like that was his reasoning, and I imagine that's the sort of shit that happens a lot. Well, that's the a big thing in Ireland, uh, especially in rural areas. That it's farmers that are broken into. Because yeah. they know they'll have guns. Uh, I actually know a, a family who the father was a gun dealer, and his family mm. were brought, uh, they were held hostage. Essentially, it was almost like a yeah. tiger kidnapping where they beat the shit out of his son in front of him, tied up the oh. family, and brought him, put him into a car or a van, uh, and yeah, brought him to like where he stored his guns to. Steal them all. Jeez. Yeah, it was real brutal. Oh, a certain awful. community, a certain community behind oh, yeah. it. That's fair enough. Yeah. But it happens. It happens an awful lot as well. Like far, like down the country, farmers uh, being targeted for oil is a big thing because a lot of farmers would have their own petrol pumps and stuff. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's a problem with certain people coming in in vans and. Trying to just siphon an entire fucking yeah, because stockpile a, of oil because you keep a big tank of oil or diesel for all your equipment, and you might buy like they might buy a year's supply bulk because it's cheaper and all that kind, and then a got a big tank for fuel. Um, it's it's very common. It's happened to me a few times where I've been at a funeral down the country, and at like the wake or the afters, I'll be talking to somebody. And say it's like if, if somebody I went to school with or a cousin, and they'll be there by themselves, but they're married. And I'll be like, "Oh, where's Mike?" And like, "Oh, well, he had to stay at home because uh, the obituary would be in the newspaper." So oh, yeah, this, these people to target farms and stuff, they keep an eye out for when funerals are on because then they know they're guaranteed to have an empty. All the family will be at the funeral, so we can get, Jesus. we can rob your farm, essentially. Yeah, It's so common down the country, so somebody has to stay at home and house sit the farm. Uh, that's horrible. So these scumbags won't fucking siphon everything that they have. 
shit. Jesus. My brother even has to do it in his garage. Like he ha- he he's a mechanic for like farm machinery and stuff. Oh, and yeah. he so he'd have his own. I don't know if he has pumps, but he'd have a lot of oil and stuff like that. Yeah. And every night when he locks up, he has to like back a tractor <laughs> up against the door <laughs> for just that extra security that nobody can get in. Because I think like it, it hadn't happened to him, but I think a friend of his had a place and they just like pulled the door, the garage door off its hinges and just fleeced the place. Oh, you just threw a chain around it or something. And yeah. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Well, that's a good it's a good uh, story to then move on to like basic home security and stuff like i i have a routine that i do every night where i um because actually it happened to me here quite recently like two months ago where um it was during like the height of lockdown so it's probably about three four months ago and i got into the car one morning and i hadn't gotten into the car in like a week because uh, i hadn't gone anywhere i literally was doing the supermarket mm. once a week and i got into the car and uh, apparently I'd left it unlocked. I didn't realize. And someone had broken into the car and they'd opened like oh. every glove compartment and cubby and everything and uh, looking for cash. And I had a one euro coin and a two euro coin that I used for like shopping trolleys. <laughs> and they'd <laughs> stolen them. And, Jesus. Um, and that's like all they'd gone, but they pulled everything in the car apart. Like, you know, like the booklet and everything was all like thrown around the car. And um, I was like, fuck, I was really, really annoyed. Um, but it didn't break anything. Like there was no, no, no. Um, right. But like, they must, they must have just like opened every door they passed. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was like, this mad way to think, like imagine just walking through a house in a state at night and you just check every car be locked yeah um so since then i guess i guess you're probably guaranteed though that one some like statistically somebody you do it enough somebody will have forgotten to lock yeah yeah, i know like i I do a lot for work is i'd I'd head out in the morning and so what i'd end up doing is i'd have like camera equipment and stuff because i'd be going off and shoot in the morning and i'd have it all in the hallway ready to go into the car first thing in the morning so if someone came in in the middle of the night before I go on a shoot, um, they'll get themselves a nice camera kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so I'm not creating noise in the morning. I'm not going up and down the stairs with bags of yeah. lights and stands and camera gear. Um, but uh, that's probably my biggest risk. But I would never leave it in the car overnight or anything. No, no. So now I have a habit every night where I had anyway, which is I check all the windows and doors are locked like every night. Um, and now I've put into that habit is. I click the lock button on my car fob, even if I haven't used the car and I did did that the night before. I still do it, you know, like yeah, uh, to make sure the car is locked. Yeah, like as far as home defense for like being robbed or home invasion, be it like just somebody looking for goods or psychopaths looking to kill you, yeah. optics tends to be the most important thing, like to make your home just look like somewhere you don't want to rob. And yeah. I don't mean by look making it look like a, a dive <laughs> so as they don't think there's nothing <laughs> good there. But like like even like a lot of like special op like former special op guys will tell you that illumination is the biggest thing. Yeah. Make your home like have light if you have a front yard, have lights along your footpath. Yeah. Have a few lights around the flower bed. Just light it up because 
just the 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 prospect of them being of the invader being visible outside is off putting enough not just being visible to you because you probably don't know they're out there but your neighbors yeah anybody walking or driving by will see them a neighbor across the road if they see somebody like scouting your place they'll probably they'll at the very least call over to you <laughs> and let you know that there's somebody outside yeah. stuff like that makes a huge difference apparently like nobody wants to break into a house with a dog no um if you, and... if you don't have if you don't have a dog just buy a beware of dog sign and put it on your gate yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's as good as having a dog and become really good friends with the old lady across the road because she'll be watching your place <laughs> well that's a big thing just yeah becoming good friends with your neighbors in general is probably yeah. the best defense because you don't you don't want to get two guys like us where <laughs> should we call the police ah no he's an arsehole you know you don't <laughs> yeah, want that exactly. scenario <laughs> <laughs> a- apparently as well uh criminals uh are less inclined to invade a home with children in it particularly oh, yeah. particularly if it's like you know although the golden state killer did a, a kind of an exception but generally even like more sadistic criminals don't tend to unless that's their thing yeah, but they yeah. don't tend to go into homes with children yeah. so even shit like like a lot of people i've heard uh to deter break-ins even if they don't have kids they like will like leave a skateboard in their driveway or <laughs> on the porch which is really clever if like if that's if brilliant. if that's an actual fact that their criminals are less inclined to break into homes with children then like just pretending you have children is probably a good idea oh yeah i'll have to do that but like so maybe like isn't it funny that like buying a beware of dogs sticker to put on your door and a baby on board sticker to put on your car might be a bigger deterrent than a security system <laughs> that's really funny there might be enough now obviously a security system is probably better but... uh, yeah well, that's the thing. It's like living here. As I say, it's like it's a big housing estate, loads of houses, and that like nearly every day you hear a house alarm going off for like a couple of hours, and it's always like, oh, someone's alarm's going off. So annoying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I've never in my life seen anybody respond to a car alarm. Yeah. Like, I wonder why we. Why do we even have them? Like nobody in in the history of humanity, nobody's ever cared about when they hear a car alarm. No, unless it's your. Yeah, and that's even yours. when you think it's your own, people are like, "Oh, is that mine?" Oh no, I don't think so. And then yeah. wait a few minutes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, oh, this I, is funny. Um, we had, <laughs> we I think I told this story on the podcast before. I'm not too sure. We last year, I think it was, um, our neighbors next door had gone away for like two weeks, or whatever, and they had issues with their alarm that it was uh, probably one of the sensors. It was going off randomly, so they left us a spare key and the alarm coat and one night I went off at like two in the morning and like it took me like 10 minutes to realize you know that it was their alarm yeah, yeah. and I got up in the dark and Katie's parents were staying here and so they're in the spare room and Katie had moved like a box of something out of the spare room to just give them a bit more floor space and it was in the landing and I knew it was there when I was going to bed but at two in the morning when I got up and left the room I didn't realize it was there and I broke my baby toe on it I remember yeah and then limped like it put on my boots and like limped around 
like turn off the alarm, checked their house is okay, reset the alarm, yeah. got into bed, thought, okay, I just stubbed my toe. And then like the next <laughs> morning I was like, oh, that toe's bent wrong. <laughs> you actually told this on the Godzilla episode, but you didn't have the context. You just told yeah, yeah. you got up and... I think that's when it happened. Yeah, probably. And, uh, that's funny. And, uh, yeah, my toe, as I'm just feeling my toe, like it sits, it's like it's lying on the side, <laughs> that toe. Because <laughs> I never did anything about it, because I didn't think it was actually broken. But in hindsight, it was definitely broken. But there's very, like with, with toes and fingers, there's very little you can do. Like all they do is like they can wrap it neck to the other toe and yeah, hope yeah. for the best. Like, But I didn't even, yeah, but like that's, it's like it's set wrong. Um, fucking alarms <laughs> and plus it's kind of like there's something manly about having a, a broken toe you never got checked <laughs> I know yeah <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why like but that's a good yeah. a good thing that's our advice to anybody if there's one thing you take from this episode say if you ever break a toe don't do anything about it yeah just be a man walk it off so I was thinking Shane for this scenario oh actually you know what another thing I wanted just when we're talking about home security yeah a thing i've noticed as far as like security cameras and i've seen this happen like a place i used to work they were getting security cameras installed and even though i was only like working doing like video and like website stuff for this place yeah because i knew about tech the boss asked me to like be there the day that these guys were installing like the new new security system just to check everything was okay and I was oh like, yeah oh, right i have no idea what i have no idea about any of this stuff but what i did notice they put in like six cameras in the building and their main focus now obviously this makes sense for a, a commercial building but yeah it's different for home but they, their main focus was just every camera having a view an entire view of the hall you know, like what the camera in the lobby had an entire view of the lobby. The camera yeah. in the hall could see every inch of the hall. And people do that in their homes too. Like they'll put a camera in to get, they might get three cameras, like one at the front of the house, one at the back and one at the side or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they just have a full view of the entire yard. And all that means is you get a full view of the person like breaking into your house, but you're never going to be able to identify them. No, yeah, because it's too far away. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if you're installing security cameras, you should really just have them focusing closely on the entrances to your house. So as if somebody breaks in, you, yeah. they can be identified. Like for commercial buildings, obviously it's for insurance. They want to be able yeah. to prove that this person done this damage. So they just want, uh, they don't give a fuck if this person ever gets caught. They just want the insurance company to see the footage. Yeah. But I feel like people use the same logic when they're installing security cameras in homes and it makes no sense yeah it's just kind of instinct yeah so you get to see a figure with, and usually it's probably night vision with glowy eyes breaks into your house <laughs> yeah. and you know okay oh they had a car and they parked the car there <laughs> yeah. and it was it was a, a saloon or a hatchback <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's but that's like all you use, know like it's useless useless information, information yeah um a, a mate of mine he recently put in in his house um this the smart alarm or a smart uh doorbell so it's uh, a ring is it 
I don't know, but is is a doorbell with a camera on it, um, but it's controlled by an app from his phone, and you can talk through yeah, it. So yeah. even if he's like, so it's great. He said if he's in work and there's a delivery man, he says he literally goes like, because he has two small kids as well, and he said if he's not there and there's a delivery man. He said he literally goes, oh, sorry, I'm just changing a nappy. Can you throw it in my recycling bin there for me? Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's in the office. He's yeah, they're t- like 50 miles or 20 miles away or whatever. Like, but uh, they don't know that. And he says he'll just go home for lunch then and get it. Or um, yeah, I assume it's, prob- it's probably Ring that he has. That's the company. Yeah. I'd actually I'd actually sent him an email to try and get them to sponsor this episode. Oh, really? Because yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be a great way to lead into. I never heard back from them, though. Oh, it's a shame. But uh, there is a free checkout ring.com, I think. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's free. It's a very smart system. Yeah, it's really cool. The The idea of like, yeah, talking through them, talking to them through the intercom, but you're not actually at the intercom that you, you yeah. could be in Hawaii on your honeymoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, the whole point is it's close up at the doorbell, so you will see someone's face as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, like, we normally put ourselves into the scenarios we cover. Yeah. Now with this, I don't think we'd actually end up in this scenario. So I think we're going to have to put ourselves in in a different way. Okay. Okay, so I think, how about this? We've just recorded the last ever episode of Disaster Artists, right? Okay. And we're going our separate ways. And when you come to the end of the line with a buddy... With a buddy who is more than a brother and a little less than a wife. Getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. Absolutely. So, you're making some whiskey sours. I'm yeah. bringing, I've am i got a acid, an acid-coated cigarette that I've been saving for a special occasion. <laughs> and, I'm bringing my, and, I'm bringing, and I'm bringing my dog for a walk. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. So, so I'm out. I'm out bringing a dog for a walk, and you're a bit shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> so, f- spoiler alert for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm taking 45 minutes to make uh, <laughs> two whiskey sours that only takes like 20 seconds to make. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that's a good scenario for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like to leave me standing by the bar and kind of going oh, which whiskey will I use? And like trying them all to decide which would be the best one to go in a whiskey sour. <laughs> like doing that, they like to take my time. I like that. So you you come back from the walk and uh, have they broken in at that point? I'm trying to remember. Man, I need to watch the last hour of that movie again. Movie. <laughs> yeah, no, trying to remember another movie to do uh, this scenario. Uh, we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood now for uh, people that yeah. <laughs> might not know. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the more likely scenario. Uh, well, I think it makes sense for this that we're just neighbors of this house and happen yeah. to get involved. <laughs> well, it it'd be that like when they're originally the moment where they call in to see if Tamara is there, that'd be the moment where I'm out walking the dog and you just you get annoyed with. Well, in once upon a time in Hollywood, he's just annoyed that there's hippies outside. <laughs> So, so are you just like i don't know you just don't like people in pickup trucks so you come out and yeah, start yeah giving them shit i come out and start shouting at them with uh bottle of jack daniels in, the <laughs> in your dressing gown because he, he's making margaritas isn't it uh, oh is it margaritas i thought it was yeah, whiskey yeah. sours i so. thought you were i thought you were um 
customizing it for my taste in whiskey. Oh, right. No, no. I just thought for some reason I thought it was whiskey sours. It might be. I think it's. No, I think. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, because he's got oh, you know, he's got the jug like the the blender. Yeah. No, I think I'm just t- thinking whiskey sour because earlier in that film when he can't get when he's in the trailer because he can't get his lines out, he's just like, well, maybe you shouldn't have had five whiskey sours last night. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Man, I enjoyed that movie way more than I should. It's <laughs> a great film though. Yeah. And it went on for so long, and it's like five different movies in one, and I just enjoyed every frame of it. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they doing a longer cut, like to like Netflix or Amazon or something? They're doing like a four, so. like four episodes, like a series. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be cool. Yeah, cause apparently, it, there's a few subplots that just weren't even like there's characters that didn't even make it into the film. Yeah, not yeah. just that they were cut out, but they're just not in the film at all. Yeah, sure. There's um, what's the name? Um, Burt Reynolds, I think, has an entire like, yeah, story and your man, in it. your man, um. Luke Perry has a whole plot line or story as well. Yeah, but he's at least still in the film, whereas Burt Reynolds isn't in it at all. (laughs) But he was meant to be. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I like that idea. So I um, stand outside with a bottle of whiskey in my hand, just shouting at them. Because maybe I hear the car crash. Would it be the point where they crash into the car? Oh, no, I think... What are you assholes doing? Get out of here. Well, it'd have to be even before that because the couple have to like live in blissful ignorance that they were ever even a target. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. But but realistically, I think I'd probably know as well. Like it depends on whether I'm asleep or not. But if I just happened to be like, let's assume they're they're coming from a wedding, so it's a Friday or a Saturday night. So there's a good chance I'd have been up late myself. Whether like maybe I was just out and coming back. I'm pretty sure if I just saw a pickup truck parked outside of a house that was only used by a family every now and again as like a summer home i'd be like hmm that's that seems mighty suspicious and i'd probably keep an eye on that <laughs> like yeah. and be yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah the characters in the film who were actually being targeted don't even do that but like i think re- realistically even jokes aside if we happen to be neighbors in this film we, we could have probably stopped it from happening <laughs> just by using some common sense yeah you're just walking up to the the, the truck and be like can i help you tonight you know flashlight in, the, yeah, yeah. in their faces can of dog food in your hand throw it at somebody's head as soon as they, <laughs> as soon as you see them don't even wait for them to come for you yeah uh oh man that whole scene is amazing that movie He's doing like the hand signals with the dog because the dog's like, "Oh, we're mm. gonna attack this dickhead, are we?" <laughs> yeah, and he's off his face, but he's just like telling the dog to hold down. What's he like a palm and a fist and these different ones? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> or he walks yeah, and, away and, and he just goes, and the dog like jumps. And yeah, the is pulling them apart. It's so good, and it is fitting because the the Manson family crimes were one of the inspirations for this film. Yeah, yeah. I thought that very much at the start, actually. Yeah, it has that feel. Uh, it does come up at the start of the film, inspired by true events, which is just one of the great cop-outs. Not even not based yeah. on a true story, not based on true events, but inspired by true events. That's like, I heard a story once that inspired me to write this. Doesn't mean the story has anything gotten, got to do with it, but it inspired me to do it. No, that's, that's pretty much every film or in every book or in every story <laughs> yeah like some something has triggered you don't sit down and write that story whether 
whether it ends up being a different story by the time you finished writing it. Yeah, yeah. Something has convinced you. Um, that's actually the, that's something I really liked at the end is when they take their masks off. Like that's when you know they're definitely going to kill them because they see their faces then. But then we st- we still don't get yeah. to see their faces. Like that we still didn't get to see their faces no because it does make you wonder about them too like what their relationship is are they just friends is like sack face is he boyfriends with one of them is one yeah. of them a daughter are they family it's because like there, there's a scene where sack face i love that we're just calling him that now where he's dragging <laughs> he's dragging i think it's he's just dragging Liv tyler's body just bef- just towards the end and you hear him breathing yeah. and he sounds like he's got like respiratory problems that's where i was saying earlier a... i was talking about them playing with the sound and like yeah it sounds like yeah like he's struggling to breathe yeah, yeah like not just it's like in maybe enhanced for cinematic effect like michael myers breathing but it actually sounds like he's struggling to breathe like he's a fucking 60 year old who's been chain smoking all his life yeah, well, just the fact that he was struggling to breathe just made me think he might be a bit older. And then I was like, "Is he? Are they? Are they his kids? Like, probably not. That seems too weird." Yeah. I know it was kind of like if we're, if we're comparing them to the, the Manson family, he's he's the Manson character. He's the charismatic one. He's leading them. I yeah, I feel like, and I don't know why I get this impression, but I feel like yeah, he's the leader. I feel like Pinup Girl is his girlfriend, and Dollface is yeah. her is her younger sister. Yeah, yeah and he yeah. and he's but he's still much older than Pinup Girl. Like he's maybe like oh, 50, like fifteen years older than her, or twenty years. Yeah, even. yeah. I like I I put him at maybe like forty or at least the same age as the couple, and then the two girls are like like the uh, baby doll is maybe like eighteen, and then the other girls like twenty two, twenty three, kind of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like the the doll face, the or the girl who calls to the door. I feel like she could be a teenager. In mo- she's a movie teenager. Yeah, she's yeah. probably like twenty three in real life. Yes. But no, but like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really like that at the end. Then after they they kill the couple and they leave, and we just see them talking to the Mormon kids, and they take like a leaf. I know, off yeah. And one of the kids asks, are you a sinner? And she just replies, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and then one, I don't know what she says, it, but when they get into the car, you just hear one of them say, it'll be easier next time. Which I guess suggests this might have been their first time, but that doesn't add up really. But Yeah, they, they're pretty good at what they do. I'm, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, well, maybe they just mean that oh, that one was especially hard. Not that necessarily... Yeah it'll get easier from here on end but like that's oh that was a bit tough they had a gun in the end so the, maybe is it so Sackface and pinup girl have done this a bunch of times and they're grooming baby oh, doll into it yeah yeah that's quite possible. and it was her saying to baby doll you're like that was baby doll's first attack yeah that could so be it yeah. for her she'll find the next one easier there is a sequel to it which I actually think I prefer because I'll be honest, rewatching the the strangers, I was like, oh, I don't think I actually really like this film all that much. <laughs> like I like yeah. it in parts, but we've talked about the film, what we do, but like just as a film, what did you actually think of it? I, yeah, I didn't think it was that great, to be honest. Yeah, I, I thought like I liked what they were tr- trying to do, but I feel like they should have 
they leaned into it being like a very realistic home invasion movie being like this isn't a slasher film yeah you're gonna have to just feel sorry for these people and this is what the horrible things like this happen and you're just gonna have to watch it kind of it had that kind of an attitude but then by the third act it was just a normal horror film and the characters were acting so stupid i was like well i'm kind of struggling to feel sorry for them now yeah i just i don't know it just um i think it was very well made and for her i think it was very well made a really good idea but yeah I, i feel like they didn't stick with their own premise i guess of making it realistic anyway yeah, and and um, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I remember seeing the trailer and the poster when it came out, and thinking, like, oh, that's not for me. In a way of like, I uh, don't really want. I'd like, I'm not a big horror fan, especially of like more modern horror. Kind of, um, I'm I'm getting into it more actually over the last year or so. But for a long time, I was never into a lot of the kind of more modern horror. Like over the last say 10, 15 years, kind of horror. Um, Which, for the last ten or fifteen years, have probably been the best. Uh, I know, yeah, for her film. yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I remember seeing the poster and the trailer back when I came in, thinking, "Oh, that's really creepy." I don't know if I, I want to sit through that. You know, I prefer a horror movie that's a bit more fun or more high concept, or you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. then having watched it, I was like, "Oh, this isn't creepy at all." I didn't think it was creepy at all. There was no point. Was I like, "Oh no," you know, it, it didn't. As I said it on our Discord, through we were talking about Hill House and Bly Manor and stuff. I was like, it never gave me the wheelies. <laughs> I was never, I was never paranoid. Like after watching it, I wasn't like paranoid going to bed or you know what I mean. It just didn't, it didn't affect me in any way whatsoever. Like I walked away from it, kind of going, oh well, that was a film. Yeah, well, I don't think any horror film really affects me after the fact, but during it maybe. Uh, I think yeah. with this, it's something like. I think this would be something I'd be inclined to say is more frightening than other horror movies only because yeah. we can all end up in this situation that you can just be in the wrong place at the wrong yeah, time. Exactly. And sometimes that wrong place is your own home. You don't need to read the Necronomicon aloud or sort out the Hellraiser yeah. puzzle box. You know, you can just be sitting in your home one night and a psychopath just shows up and it happens. Like, like the wandering axe maniac yeah. is a real thing. It's very rare, but it does happen. And you, any of us can just become a statistic. That's pretty frightening. You know, when you were a kid and you learned of the concept of kids being kidnapped and mm. from obviously watching like movies and things that you assumed that only rich kids would get kidnapped for a ransom because you knew nothing about pedophiles or things like that you'd be like well i'd never be a victim because my parents don't have money you know um i don't think i ever really taught that to be honest but and how you imagined a kidnapping would be no i remember having that conversation no. with my friends as a kid no, I d- I don't think I had a full understanding of what kidnappers read, but I think I like I knew that there was something weird about why I didn't understand exactly what it was, but I knew that the people that kidnapped kids were weird more so. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but yeah, well, that's quite different than like what the scenario you're talking about, though. <laughs> um, well, no, like the big fear when we were kids was a weirdo coming in around in a van and trying to give you sweets. Yeah. To get in the band. 
Well, you were saying about the ransom, like that never occurred, to, like the idea of a ransom never occurred to me at all when I heard those stories, that, that sort of, the stranger danger thing, like my, I always, I remember as a kid thinking that they wanted to keep you. Yeah, probably that too. So like, the, the, I just remember having a conversation as a kid with like, say, a bunch of the kids on my street and we were like trying to figure out why they would want us, you know what I mean? And that was one of the scenarios was, was, oh, well, they probably want like to hold you to get money or, you know, or cause they don't have a kid of their own or, you know, there was always like weird things, but I don't know why this movie made me think of that, but in a way of this is like when you're a kid and you like, if someone was to explain to a kid what a home invasion is like, this is kind of how I would have envisioned it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the, true. the masks like- and the, the breaking in with the axe and you know all that kind of stuff um, and the lack of a motive it's like not understanding what the the man in the van wants that he just yeah he just he's just they're just bad you know it's as basic as that yeah he's a bad guy so that's what bad guys do and and i think that's a little bit of a failing of this movie is yes it's a the creepy thing about it is it's a scenario that can happen to anyone but it's a very unlikely scenario um apart from like someone breaking in to rob your shit or steal your car or you know um, well unlikely in what sense though unlikely compared to other crimes or just unlikely compared to other break like normal break-ins are for they're trying to get your stuff rather than just torture you and kill you you know yeah but there's so something that's so common that it's like that's like comparing (laughs) i don't know it just seems weird to compare them to other crimes that have kind of almost not got to do with it you know it's the creepy masks and the, the slightly heightened reality of it you know and, um, and then it's really long drawn out like they're there for hours like that kind of stuff i think that's um i don't know it just made me think of envisioning it from that child perspective but, um, like it is it, it is unlikely well you're unlikely technically to just be broken into anyway you know it's like one in one in four homes or something but I mean, if you go looking for it, because this is something that isn't reported on the news because it's very local. But if you go yeah. looking for crimes like this. Oh, yeah, they're probably more common than you think. Any given week, you will find one. Yeah. As you're saying, like the lone psycho axe man just raiding at your house to kill you because you were home. <laughs> so I just Googled, so I just like Googled couple murdered and. So I've got the first result is four people arrested over suspected quadruple homicide. Uh, couple more. Jesus Christ. Couple murdered in Hamptons. Uh, Hamptons holiday home. So that's very like the strangers. Although that's uh, that's from two months ago. But anyway, like if you go looking for this stuff, you, you find it. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. D- details emerge about elderly couple murdered in their home. Great way to end it. <laughs> Do you, do you have any uh, samples of real stories? Or I do, but like it's, I'd say we've gone long enough. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, no, there is, it's based on a few true stories. There's one big one that's like, it, it'd be a good lead into it because it's, oh, sorry, something just came on on my headphones there. I know it will play it here. Um, yeah, the true story it's based on is far more horrifying than the actual film because it involves like dead kids and shit but uh it's probably too late to get into it now we uh spent too long talking about the film itself 
But I think it's a very survivable scenario if you are a bit more diligent than the characters in the film. Yeah. And the the other side of that too is I think in real life the uh, the perps might not act quite like the strangers, so it might be a whole other scenario. <laughs> you have to survive, so we'll probably have to come back to the home invasion, the home invasion in general. Yeah, I think I think your your big point earlier was that uh, when they shoot at the doorway with the shotgun for the first time, I imagine that's where most home invaders are like fuck this, we're out of here. Mm. Yeah, but I think the the difference between like the strangers and what real life would be like. I think if somebody's just breaking in, if they have a reason, if they think they've been wronged, like in other horror movies, or if they're just after something. Yeah, I think it might kind of happen where they just like violently try to get into the house. But I think realistically, the idea of like just sadistic fuckers who want to just torment you, they will probably come into contact with you under another pretense yeah yeah they will show up as a delivery man and get the drop on you yeah and then like have you at your weakest like so i talked about funny games earlier how that film starts is it's two guys i can't i think they're brothers no maybe not michael pitt's one of them uh and it's in like this rich sort of new england holiday home place and it's they introduce themselves as friends of as the of the neighbors, and they're just looking to borrow some eggs off the family, you know, the the person that their guests are wants <laughs> to borrow some eggs, and they just start acting really weird, and wow, like one of them, the characters just drops the eggs, and the wife has to clean them up, and then he gets more off her. And he makes a big deal about not getting the carton or something. I can't remember the film. But then he drops the eggs again. And it's clear he's doing <laughs> it deliberately. But like, what do you do in that situation? And he, but he's acting real nice. And it could be that he's just a bit special. But you as the viewer know that uh, this guy is clearly just fucking with them. But they just start doing all these weird things to just make the, the family see feel really uncomfortable. And then there's just a moment where they just crank it up to 20 out of nowhere. And that's a one where you're like, there's no, wow. it's a very unsurvivable situation because out of nowhere, basically, the husband just gets whacked with a golf club and then he's just taken out of the film for, he's like on the couch with a concussion for the rest of the film. <laughs> and there's, and and it's just kind of hopeless straight away. But, but I feel like that's a film where it's less plot. And I don't think, thankfully, I don't think there's many people that sadistic in the world. But I feel like it's a more realistic depiction of how somebody who just wants to torment you would go about tormenting you. Yeah, I yeah. don't think they'd show up with masks and bang at the doors and do all, all this shit that happens in The Strangers. I think they would introduce themselves to you. Yeah, and yeah. you wouldn't real you wouldn't realize that they were fucked up until it was too late. Yeah, you'd see their face from the beginning. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what like some of the most notorious serial killers done. Yeah, but that's kind of where I was going with the whole idea. This is like it's, it's that kind of childhood um, kind of imagining of what a home invasion would be. You know what I mean? That they're in the masks and the way they toy with them and stuff, rather than just like that genuinely just conning somebody into getting letting them into your house and you know <laughs> uh, it, yeah it's a different kind of way and um, as i was thinking yeah though when you look at like a lot of real life serial killer a lot of like the couples who kill people do act like this yeah that's true 
yeah, like that's why I assume Sackface and uh, Pinup Girl yeah. are in a relationship. Because there is yeah. like there is a weird thing with, when cu- couples who kill do tend to just get really weird about it and do shit yeah, kind of yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of egg each other on to go crazier, you know. I think that's it. Yeah, and it, there's usually because it's usually tied up in a in a sex thing as well, so that just makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's the one thing that's stopped us from killing people, is it? So that fact that we we're not sleeping together <laughs> anymore. Like <laughs> if we <laughs> I mean literally I mean, like on the same There's bed. a difference between yeah, just between sharing a bed and sleeping together, generally. We never slept. Huh? <laughs> um <laughs> I just um, laughed the way I laughed there, I ended up headbutting my microphone. So people I, know, I heard that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say now. <laughs> well, I suppose that's the, another another episode. How would we, uh, if we wanted to become the strangers, how would we go about it? No, that's too dark. Uh, no, I think it's a very survival situation. I think for this one, I would more so like to hear from listeners how they would yeah. survive if they think they would, if they could uh, take on Sackface. It's a weird sentence. Uh, <laughs> you can hit you can hit us up on Twitter or Discord. All links in the description. Let us know if you'd survive the strangers. Uh, we're also on Patreon. All that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. Um, stay safe and be prepared. Oh, and remember, you know, you want to wish us a happy anniversary. Do it by way of a iTunes review or not iTunes. That hasn't been a thing in years. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Pocket Addict. What what's that other? app called podcast addict po- oh yeah pocket Casts, one of them anyway has a review section as well check whatever app you use if you can review or rate do so and yeah until next time yes please <laughs> until next time yes please <laughs> just <laughs> that's the news that's the new sign off makes no sense until next time yes please <laughs> right so let's do that again until next time yes please <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> uh...